0: Hello and welcome to a beauty guides podcast. You can find us at beauty guides podcast on Instagram and the TikTok. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator and you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey's aesthetics.
1: I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren H beauty vibes. Today's topic is how shampoo works.
0: friends welcome back we are going to get into some euphoria talk so if you don't want to know if you haven't watched the finale yet or you don't want to hear about this um i would say maybe go ahead 10 minutes okay so lauren euphoria finale you watched it right Yes, yes 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 okay so what did you think how did you feel
1: Um, well, I'm glad there's another season, season three, because clearly it was like such a cliffhanger. Um, the play was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I love um Cassie's mom, Cassie and
0: Lexi's mom. Oh yeah, she's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then um, okay, so Fez, I think will be okay or just arrested. I don't know. And then uh, do you think Ashtray's alive?
0: (laughs) No. Ash is Ash is no longer I'm fully believe Ash is no longer with us. I mean, we saw the red the red laser on his forehead
1: gosh that was such a hard um episode to start within like 30 seconds someone was already like stabbed in the neck I just
0: (laughs) yeah I I will say our girl Faye I'm real proud of her though real proud of Faye for doing the right thing um I did I tag you I found her TikTok yeah yeah you did tag me in it I loved it yeah yeah so she um she is a um she does porn or yeah yes Um, which is hilarious. And I love her and Ooh. I love that she did the right thing. Cause we were all like, Faye, don't, don't fuck this up, Faye. We need yeah, you to be I good. Yeah, I was totally
1: willing to turn on her if she was going to mess oh, with them. Were. And, but I, I really just love her so much more now that she, she kind of did the right. right thing. And I really love the relationship between her and Fez right. because, um. It just it shows you that Fez really does have a heart and he he wants to be good for somebody. It's really cute.
0: Right. I I would like to thank Fez for reminding all of us that drug dealers do not make good boyfriends. Yes, uh, no matter how so. cute and charming they may be and how interested in their play they are, at the end of the day they are still a drug dealer and not a good boyfriend. Yeah, they still got to run these streets. They they're, still got to <laughs> run these streets. <laughs> I'm a little um, confused as to, so are we just going to, does Rue not owe Lori $10,000 anymore? Okay, I feel like for the sake of the show, they had to, like, do
1: the play for everybody to, like, observe and feel that in their own space. But I don't think Rue is off the hook with Lori. Yeah. they pro- Because especially Lori gave that whole monologue where she kind of said, like, she feels for Rue a little bit. So I think... She knows she's gone. She's giving her some space, but she's not going to let her off that easy.
0: Well, didn't didn't Lori tell her, like, I will kidnap you and sell you if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like she she. She said she always gets her money
1: back and she Rue has something that will get her money back for her, which is her body, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So, and she's got all those weird locks in her house. Like,
1: dude, uh, and the freaking parrot. Like, let's talk about that.
0: (laughs) She's a parrot
1: lady. I think she, somebody said she definitely has all of those parrots to like
0: block out the screams. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And I,
1: I, that has stuck with me. I feel that.
0: (laughs) You know what I think about? I think about when Ru- when they were at her house and they showed a wedding photo, but you couldn't really see who it was. I wish I knew who was in that. I wonder if it was like her or if it was somebody else, if it was the guy that's in the house or somebody else. There's a yeah, wedding but- photo.
1: Because yeah. she did talk about her previous life where right. she had a
0: whole family and then she
1: got addicted to opioids. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wonder if it's the previous version mm-hmm. of Laurie or if it's... um. Her now, but yeah, that is really interesting. Yep, I don't think Rue's off the hook with that. I think we will. They'll probably give that to us at the first episode, just so we're good and ready for the season.
0: <laughs> what did you think about Nate drunk driving to his dad's shop, and then Ugh. calling the cops, and then Cal's having like a party at his shop, which was hilarious, by the way.
1: I know it, it's it. The writer is brilliant of this yeah. show too because. It every scene with them makes me so uneasy because yeah. there's so much to explore. Um, just knowing that adults were once children too with their own past. So like mm-hmm. you kind of like once you get to know Cal's story, like you can see how things happen the way that they were. You wish they were differently, but uh, Nate is like Nate thinks he's God in a sense, and that he gets to like ruin people's lives and and basically plan their lives for them and give them all trauma. I I just really cannot stand. Anything he's doing, and it makes me so scared and nervous. But then Cal's also hilarious, and when Cal can be who he wants to be, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I love you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The scenes between Cal and Nate, I'm like, is someone about to get shot? Are they about to fight? Are they about to hug? Like, I can't. I'm so scared about what is about to happen between them because Nate is clearly he's you know manic. He's thinks (sighs) he's untouchable, you know, and his behavior is just so chaotic.
1: He thinks he's untouchable and he thinks that everything that happens is done to him personally. Yeah. Like the fact that his father lives this eccentric life that he doesn't tell anybody about, like Nate acts like he's doing it to him to mm-hmm. ruin his life rather than understanding that like maybe your dad is a person that had to hide a lot about himself because of his
0: circumstance. Right.
1: Not that Cal is right for what he is doing with underage people, but.
0: Cor- correct. Yeah. His sexuality yeah. is fine. Underage, not okay. Yeah. 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 Um and then let's talk about the Maddie Cassie fight. Oh my gosh, them running around yeah. on stage. I could not believe
1: that Cassie just like literally went in the middle of the play uh-huh. and just got
0: on stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It, it was awesome. It was pretty good, but that fight brings me to the point that I need more BB. BB is like the third tier character. She's always there, but they never yes. give her screen time. The cute, the cute black girl with the really high-pitched no. voice. No. No. BB no. is the girl who she said, kick her ass, Maddie. She was the other girl. She's the one. She's always vaping. She's oh, really yes. long brown hair. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. yes. She's always on pills or some kind. Yes. yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. I do love her. She she she's definitely there for the comedic relief right. when <laughs>
0: But she's she's at like she's always with them, but they never give her screen time. Like she was at Maddie's birthday party. Yeah, she was like in the hot tub with them. But when she said her lines, they didn't put the camera on her like she's always in the bathroom with them when they're having these bathroom scenes, but they never give her screen time. I'm like, I need more of this vape girl with her long hair who's telling Maddie to kick her ass like I need more of this girl.
1: I would love that, too. I wouldn't be surprised if they give us more of that in season three, Mm -hmm. um, especially because they kind of did that with Lexi to us in season one. We weren't seeing a lot. I don't know why I, like, in my head, pretended that, like, Judd Apatow was like, hey, my daughter can do this show, but, like, she will not be, like, crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) or anything. But then, you know, we're starting to see more of her personality. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the third season they give us more of um, BB and kind of her perspective on these crazy bitches she has Mm -hmm. to hang out with all the time they probably drive her to do drugs Mm -hmm. and mellow out
0: (laughs) right the um the play was such a good look at the history of these girls friendships and there's a scene where Maddie is doing Lexi's makeup and it's so sweet because it's like it's almost like a sister moment and Mm -hmm. you can see that Lexi never had that with Cassie Yeah. know, but but Maddie was giving her advice and like being a positive, you know, for all of Maddie's, you know, whatever. But it, it was it was such a cute way or not a cute way, but a really nice way to show the history of these complex relationships with these girls.
1: I agree. And also to make all of them see their own bullshit because everyone's at a point where they're all kind of fighting each other and finding their own way and their egos are getting in the way. But at the end of the day, they've been through so much together and they have to have each other's back. I also really enjoyed um, Rue being able to see herself um, at that time in her life from other people's perspective because I think – she something she feels is that she isn't loved or right. will never have the feeling of love around her because she's felt so much loss. But at the end of the day, these people like really love her and they want the best for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it, it's really funny, because when I think back to high school, like I had no way to look at perspectively on what I was going through. Yes. Um, until later in life. But Lexi gave everyone that opportunity to have a perspective.
1: Yeah, it. Gosh, this show—it's just so good. The more layers you peel back, you're like, dang, this is awesome. Yeah,
0: I always love watching the behind the episode where they me too go right after the Mm -hmm. show. Yep, me too. Yeah, I always love. I usually I don't watch those too often, but I always watch it with Euphoria because I'm like, I need more. I need more.
1: Yeah, seriously, and I like how they, like, break it down, and I like that the writer comes on and explains, you know, where he was coming from. I really like that guy. I mean, yeah, this show is just
0: amazing, a, I can't stop saying it. I know. It's really sad that we have to wait two more years for the next season.
1: Is that, is, wait, wait, excuse me, what? Where did you, how do you know this? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Two Two more years till the next season.
1: Why two? This is so, well, it's going to be epic, that's why. I'm going to let him have all the time he needs.
0: Yeah. So I thought it would be fun because there's just so many good looks in this show that you and I could talk about a favorite like outfit look and then a favorite makeup look. And Lauren, you had tagged me in an account and I want to shout out this account because it's so good. It Mm. is called Euphoria Cast Style and it shows you where these pieces come from. Um, kind of like these iconic pieces in the show and then also that the um, characters are wearing um, maybe in interviews and things like that, particularly with um, like Maud. They show a lot of her stuff. I did like her style Mm -hmm. a lot this season. Yeah. So this overall, this show has great style. I mean, it's always... A, you can't think of them like high schoolers because it's hilarious. No one can wear that <laughs> at high school, but it's oh. it's like it's just a fun. You know, it's fun to see them express themselves with very distinct style. I would say each of them. Of a distinct style but in this season my favorite outfit hands down is cassie's farmer girl dress <laughs> where they ask her if she's trying out for oklahoma and she you better be joking bitch, you better be joking in a good way or a bad way in a, god i just i can't get enough i love that dress i am um I would say prior to the last few episodes, I was a big Cassie fan of her look and style. I mean, we definitely see her style change as she's Mm -hmm. becoming she's trying to imitate Maddie. Um, Mm -hmm. But when before all of that, where she always has these great curls and she's got great boobs and she wears these outfits for her great boobs and her great curls. And so I'm definitely a big Cassie fan what would you –
1: go ahead. I think that's really interesting um, because it explains so much about the evolution So of mm-hmm. Cassie. If I'm, like, thinking deeper into her as a character, so, like, sh- part of her story is kind of, like – growing up a little too fast for her body, you know, to her right. age and kind of being lusted after by men, but also feeling that she doesn't have the love of a man in her life because of her struggle with her father. Mm-hmm. So she definitely does those leans into that like cute bombshelly girl next door mm-hmm. type of look when she's in that phase. Then you're right. She kind of has this codependent relationship with Maddie. Mm-hmm. She's dressing exactly like Maddie all the time. And then the outfit that you're referring to with the farmer girl dress, I just love that whole episode because she goes through an identity crisis the entire time. So she's mm-hmm be like a different look, a different outfit each time. Um,
0: that was really fun to see. It's yeah, I love well, and I also love like she does a lot of like big curls in her hair and it's always mm-hmm. that very romantic style um yes. with her. So when it comes to fave makeup, when... Oh, wait, hold on. I didn't
1: do my fave outfit. Sorry. Sorry. I was just like relating to what you were saying on that. But um, I was actually looking through this account and... All right. So I definitely love a lot of Maddie's style. It's so fun. I love Cassie's too. But I think... That I love when um, Maddie babysits at the rich people's houses, mm-hmm. and she always goes in the ladies' mm-hmm. closet. Mm-hmm. She always reaches for that purple dress with mm-hmm. the high neckline, and I I love that. I love when she goes for that look, and I think it's really cool um, because she kind of dresses really young and slutty and plays that part. But there's something about when she puts on this like statuesque dress, like. Maddie can play the part no matter who she needs to be for what man, you know, whether he's right. rich and classy or it's stupid fuckboy Nate Jacobs. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, I like, um, so do you think with that purple dress, like that lady is definitely when she gives her that dress, she's definitely telling her like, I have a camera in my closet and I see you try on my clothes.
1: Probably. She, yeah. I, <laughs> like, you know, cause she gave her that you're dress. also are young and I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so yeah. I definitely think. And she,
1: she did, did talk to her about. Cassie and stuff, which was really nice of her to mm-hmm. bring that perspective in. Because I really am a little
0: scared that Maddie might actually kill Cassie. I don't know. I think she has it in her. I think after the play, I think Maddie's like, no, I'm I'm good. Like, I think Maddie, I think she is, especially when she says to her that last scene where she says, get ready, it's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you see Cassie's, like, look of realization in her face. Like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Maddie is, like, moved on. Like, I don't think she'll be friends with Cassie, but I think she is, like, not moved on, but I think she's going to move past this situation quickly. Right. Right. Because it's all just messy Mm at the end of the day. Super messy. So can I talk about my favorite makeup look now? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So my favorite makeup look is Cassie's, like, makeup look prior to her trying to mimic Maddie. So the picture was when the picture I sent to you and I'll post it on our Instagram was from when that makeup artist announced they'd be doing their own makeup line. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the style pages that they had. And so it's a bunch of pictures of Cassie's like soft wings. So Cassie's makeup look is always very like pastel or shimmery with like kind of a smudged out shadow wing. And then lashes and kind of a fluffier brow. And I love that kind of like soft smudge look that she is where it's still very clean. But again, into that whole like baby doll style yes um and it's always like light blue or light pink um just or shimmers or anything like that so that's definitely my fave look for cassie but you can see that when like at the play where she's got that sharp blue graphic liner like that's definitely a maddie look like that yes, yes. that is what Maddie does Maddie does the sharp liner and the graphic liner and and she's done blue graphic liner so it's funny to see her and then also with her hair being like pin straight too like Maddie's hair Yep yeah so what is your do you have a favorite makeup look
1: Yes I do um okay so I just can't get that scene out of my head where it's Cassie and she's crying And there's all these flowers Mm -hmm. dripping in the background. Mm -hmm. And she's just putting on the Meryl Streep acting scene of her life um, with these tears. And she's got little micro braids in the front Mm -hmm. of her hair and wavy. Her hair is like wavy. And she's got on um pink eyeshadow and almost like a bitten lip Mm -hmm. and just like nice rosy cheeks. But the flowers in the background are like pink and red. But that's like the color scheme of the makeup too. It
0: all comes together. And that's why I was just – living for that are you talking about the makeup look that you did an amazing replication of on tiktok (laughs) i am i am that is exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) guys this tiktok i died i died (sighs) lauren replicated this look spot on and even did her her like look of lost and confusion and innocence with the lip and it's so good i'm so proud of you
1: Thank you. I knew that it was not going to get the attention that it deserved, but that is the life of the internet. And I have to say, I knew you would appreciate it. So you were definitely at the forefront of my mind when I was like, I'm going to nail this effing look. And then I have to tell you, I have a few drafts where I, I may have been full on crying
0: (laughs) (laughs) for the look. Oh man, you did it. You did it. I was committed. Yes. yes. That's so good. No, it's so beautiful. Did you watch where they said they were trying to replicate? Um, it's like um, it's either a Mexican artwork or a Mexican like um, it was a, a Mexican style either from a church or something like that with all of the flowers for her oh. to really give this like innocence look. Yeah, and I I felt it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That was so good, and you even had like the champagne dress. Guys, check out this TikTok. It's so good. Her, your TikTok is Lauren H Beauty Vibes, right? Yep. Yeah, I also put it on um Instagram too. So either one of those. Oh Um, man, I'm gonna share it because it's so good.
1: Oh, thank you. Mm. I appreciate that. Mm. Yeah, I was um I was reading um the makeup artists, I always check her Instagram cause she does really good posts after the show and she, I, I really love following her because she is definitely a person that feels emotion with makeup, which I can totally relate to. And a lot of times I know I am like going on a journey of words that people do not understand when I'm talking about like a look, but like she does that too. She's like, we chose this white eyeliner because you know, um, Cassie surrendered or something like that. And, um, I thought a really cool tip that she talked about was with the pink eyes. She's like a lot of people stay away from pink eyeshadows because they think that like it makes you look like you have pink eye or something, Mm -hmm. but it's really important to make sure that your lash line and everything is very defined with a dark color just to make sure that you don't look sick or anything like that. So for that look, I, I didn't, um, I put mascara on my bottom lashes, which I don't often do. And I completely, um, lined my lower or my top lash line like underneath the eyelash you know that little area that gets really itchy if you go with the eye pencil yes (laughs) but it but it was worth it for the look but yeah I didn't want to actually like see the eyeliner I just wanted to create that really fluffy like um lash line so that was how I did that that
0: was fun okay that um can you tell me the um Instagram of the makeup artist yeah let me um just because I'm curious to follow that
1: yeah, you to- oh yeah, you totally should. Let me find it. Um, Donnie.
0: Let's see. All right, I'm. Da to- boy. It's um so the, and that is the makeup artist that's coming out with their own makeup line, correct?
1: It is. So you can find her at it's Donny. Da- so it's D O N N I and then a period. D A V Y. Thank you. Yes. You're going to love it because it, it is really fun to just follow up on the episodes and she does a great job explaining what she was thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So
0: I want to tell you about a podcast I've been listening. Oh, do you have anything else for Euphoria? Nope. That's it. That's All right. It. Cool. So um, we said 10 minutes and we took 20 minutes. Whatever. We don't follow <laughs> rules here. So I've been listening to a really interesting podcast called Wild Boys. It's by Chameleon. This is um, a, so this is the podcast that they've done a couple different, so every season they kind of change the name of the podcast and it's basically about um, essentially con artists um, and so this one specifically is in a small town of British Columbia, Canada, I believe it's British Columbia, it's a coastal town, where two boys kind of show up out of the woods um, with no ID um they said they are from the woods they ran away from home um they said they were badly abused and so basically the town because it's a small town is kind of rallies together to help these boys mm-hmm. um but they're not who they say they are Ooh. Ooh, is this a
1: true is this a true story yes, or true story Ooh, whoa true story
0: okay. and what's it so i say boys they're probably like 16 and 18 um but there is definitely something suspicious um definitely something potentially maybe some abuse like something is off with these boys and their story doesn't quite seem right um but they said basically they said they were raised by I think they say that their parents are kind of very religious so they grew up without like tv or you know things like that and they grew up in the Uh they call it the bush but it's like the woods like deep in the woods um and that their parents um didn't they had a hard time getting along with their parents so they left and so and by the look of them they look like they've experienced abuse so the town is like oh my gosh we have to help these boys so they get them in a hostel and they get them set up and they you know try and support them and help them so um I I've been I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's been pretty interesting. It's a good podcast.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm in the market for some new stuff. I think um ninety day fiance is ending this season, mm. so I'll have to I, I won't have my ninety day bay to listen to. <laughs> I
0: have been listening to True Crime Obsessed. Um, Yeah, I listen to them. uh, Yeah, well, I wanted to. That's like a constant. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you listen to them. I, but I'll tell you why I don't always listen to them because I like my podcasts at night. Like podcasts are kind of what I listen to at night. Why I'm like doing my nighttime routine and like getting ready for the day tomorrow, packing my lunch for work, like things. It's kind of like my wind down, and so Mm -hmm. sometimes True Crime Obsessed is a little too high energy. From- yeah, Patrick just screams the whole time, and that's but, why I like it. But, but I, I love understand. them. I love yeah. Patrick, and I love them, and I love the, the lady who's on there because she's so – she reminds me of Me and You, just, like, cynic. She does
1: Jill- Jillian. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, she's got that dark humor. Yeah. She's not to be messed with. She stands up for what's right. Right,
0: but she's just so, like, cynical of everything and unimpressed <laughs> yeah. and, like, whatever. Yes. Like, and I love that she calls – she calls women on their shit and and i mm-hmm. it's so hard because like you don't want to be like i want to support women i really do but and so sometimes when you are not nice to other women they it's you can be accused of like you know tearing down women. And I never Mm -hmm. want to tear down women. But some of these women, I just think of the Lula Rich, the Lula Ro. I was just about to
1: say, I'm like, I think that stupid ass phrase comes from MLM marketing, which we know is a giant ass scheme, which is meant to put (laughs) women down, literally meant to put women down and keep them poor, keep them under the patriarchy. So they are ruled by men. So you tell me who is wrong here. (laughs) It's not us. Judge Judy has left the building. Right. I,
0: but I think sometimes we need to call women on their shit when they're not being the best they could be.
1: I think that's actually kinder to somebody because you want to acknowledge it and grow. You're not putting them down and you want to be better.
0: Ooh, I you just reminded me with your MLM rage. So I have a coworker (laughs) who used to work for the Amazon publishing company. Um, So he knows a lot about like books and top seller books or whatever. Have you heard of the book, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Oh, yeah. So bestseller, right? It's, like, yeah. one of the most cited, like, you know, all, all these people have read this book. Like, so many people have recommended this book to me. Well, the guy who wrote it is a prominent member in the Mormon church. And the Ooh. reason it's a bestseller is because the Mormons are very loyal to their own. <gasps> so Ooh. they all buy this book, which keeps its numbers really high.
1: <sighs> juicy tea, juicy tea, uh-huh. juicy tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know.
0: So you just—I—I I wanted to tell you that earlier, but I—you just reminded me of that because. Yeah, no, thank
1: you. When you
0: think, when I think of MLMs, I think of the Mormon Church because they're just so prominent in the Mormon Church. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, I. So my. School has gone mask optional, which I think a lot of things are going to mask optional these days. So I still wear a mask when I'm like working on people, but when I'm sitting at my desk or like when I'm lecturing and I'm like far away from people, I don't wear a mask, Mm -hmm. which means I can wear lip products again. Ooh, yeah. And I have not worn lip products for two, three years. Like the last time I really remember wearing lipstick was my wedding. Um, so I need some good lip product recommendations and specifically I wanted to know if you had, so I put it on our Instagram for people to give me like their best tinted lip balm, like the casual Mm -hmm. lip. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know my favorite lipstick is like Charlotte Tilbury, but I want Mm -hmm. some, I want lip liner recommendations and I want lipstick recommendations from you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but you don't have to tell me right now, but just, you know. Let yes. me let me know because um, and if they're affordable, even better. So like I know we love the Maybelline, but mm-hmm. sometimes I want, you know, I just want something. Sometimes I want something different, you know, yeah. so I'm trying to decide. And you love that Pat McGrath lipstick because every time you wear it, you say I compliment on it. Um, yep.
1: Pat McGrath is good. Um, I really love these is a brand you can actually get at Sephora. It's a pro brand, um, buy their eyeshadows. And also they have a really beautiful lip oil sometimes. Okay. Let's go by what, by type of lip. So I feel like you need, like you, like we're talking your lip crayon,
0: right? You need a
1: good tinted lip balm. Yep. You need a good gloss that you like. And then I feel like lip oils are another thing that's Not newer in the cosmetic industry, but they're formulated a little different now and they're really nice Mm -hmm. and um, definitely go luxury for something like that. It's worth it. Really pretty.
0: Okay. Do you have Mm -hmm. opinions on, so my friend Claire, she wears that um, uh, Dior Glow, which Mm -hmm. is like a $40 essentially lip balm to give you kind of like an, uh, it's essentially a tinted lip balm. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinions on any tinted lip balms that you like?
1: When you posted that today, my mind went right to the um, Burt's Bees. It's, it's, okay. it's just like old faithful. And then I saw uh, uh, my friend Nicole, who's a makeup artist as well, had suggested that to you. So
0: okay. I definitely I feel like you it can go that
1: way. Okay, yeah.
0: I bought a shade called, um, it's called like Dahlia, Red Dahlia, which is like uh-huh. kind of a rose red kind of vibe i think that'll be kind of nice because i like kind of like um a deeper rose oh yeah for my shading um because you and i struggle with the thing where when you go to brown nude it pulls orange Uh uh-huh yep so i tend to go for like a rose mauve Maybe mauve isn't the right word. Okay.
1: I was just about to say sometimes when people like us go more, it almost looks like purpley berry mm-hmm. mauve lip gloss. Mm-hmm. Um, It's like a darker color. It pulls really nice on us. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we need that purple in undertone to like kind of cut the warmth that we see otherwise. And it gives us just like a nice, pretty, like berry brown color. Mm-hmm. Berry nude. Yeah. Something okay. like that. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going on a lip journey. I ordered a couple lip liners from Sephora. So um, because I am such a fan of um, lining and filling in my lips and then putting like a balm over top of it. So even though the balm like wears off, you still have that color from the lip liner. That
1: is my favorite way to do lips personally. Like if I'm going somewhere all day. Yeah, because lip liner really does stay on your Mm -hmm. lips all day. And as we mature, we um, those lines can kind of feather out. So it's really um, nice in makeup to complete a full lip that people can look at and admire and adore. Not that your normal lip isn't great, but you know, I think that's um, something I've really been discovering in makeup going into my thirties now. Is um, the not the need to wear makeup? I don't feel like I need it. Like I don't. I love myself either way. But like, you can really learn some cool tricks to like cover up some shit that maybe <laughs> wasn't working for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's really fun. I like that. Yeah. I, um, it actually is, um, biological that your lips lose definition as you age. We, lose oh, yeah. That. I, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. It is scientifically, mm-hmm. yeah, known. Mm-hmm. It, it really happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Lip liner really wasn't something I started wearing until I was in, I mean, I was like 30 because I didn't need it prior to that. I had a mm-hmm. defined lip line, but now I don't. Um, and it, and it just, it kind of just is a, is a nice, um, way to kind of finish the lip or I don't know just kind of polish it a little more yeah
1: I mean essentially doesn't it feel like you're making lipstick if you're like bringing like a lip liner it's just like your first coat and then when you put the gloss over it it's kind of like making your own little creamy lipstick situation look at that
0: we're just science and mad chemists with this stuff Yeah. Magic elixirs. That's what I call them. We had um, quite a few announcements in the makeup and skincare industry from celebrities. And I feel like it's just not going to stop. So Jeffree Star has Jeffree Star skin. It looked like it was a moisturizer and an eye cream, which I'm really surprised because Jeffree Star has definitely fallen off in popularity it is definitely not 2016 anymore he is so i'm wondering how well that's going to do Uh um gwen stefani came out with makeup it's called give but it's spelled like g x v e i don't know why um i I don't know why (laughs) but you know i was thinking about gwen stefani's makeup and when i think of gwen stefani i think of um liquid liner lashes Uh red lip like Uh classic Gwen. And I, Mm -hmm. and I looked at the makeup she came out with and I feel like that's pretty on brand for her. She came out with different lipsticks, pretty neutral eyeshadow palettes, eyeliners, and like a brow. And I'm like, that's actually pretty accurate for her. Some of these celebrity makeup lines, you're just like, "Mm, okay. But I think Gwen's is a good reflection of her. Yeah.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, Gwen has always been a creative back when she first started she dressed herself and got herself in all the magazines there's a lot of Gwen's brand that she is completely behind her own image so i think she has an eye for stuff like that i remember she did the urban decay collaboration right. maybe like 8 or 9 years ago mm-hmm. and um that was actually one of my favorite palettes it was beautiful it had some of the most gorgeous shades for um fair skin tone people um, like you and I always say a lot of like browns and neutral colors Mm -hmm. were even too dark for us at one point so it was like the first time I actually had um, a palette that almost reminds me of like nude mood you know like something that actually fits my skin tone Um, yeah so I, I think you're right that that is smart for her but I and I don't want to um, group her in with my own angst of all the celebrities mm-hmm. doing beauty brands right now. It's it's hard not to complain, but um, I, think, I think she'll be okay. You I know, think she'll be good. I
0: see her coming out with, like, lashes to, like, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know. When I think of Gwen Stefani, I think of, like, black lashes, a thick line, and then bold lips. Mm-hmm. And, like, real mm. clean face. Like, you know, not really, like, blush or things like that. And I think that's been her... Like since 1999, you know, like yeah. even, oh, yeah. even with her pink hair, she really didn't do too much other than that look for her makeup. She would yeah, put like the- jewels on her face and stuff, but it would still be that classic look. So I, I actually think this is a good look and it makes sense for her.
1: Yeah, we'll just see how the formulations are once yeah. we get our hands on
0: it. <laughs> and then the last one which makes me cringe real hard is um Scarlett Johansson came out with a skincare line.
1: I know uh, and like yeah. I just feel like the press is really opening like giving her open arms into the beauty industry. Like I already saw she was on like a bunch of big major beauty podcasts that yeah. we follow um today I was just confused by that. Yeah. I don't ever think of Okay, I think Scarlett Johansson as a person, as a human, is clearly beautiful. Correct. But I don't think of beauty when it comes to her.
0: It's real – so if you read, like, her um, press release about it, it was like, I've been a big name for many skincare brands, but I wanted to create something that was my own and I'm like, uh, okay. For who? For like, yeah. Who is yeah, she doing that? I don't know. I just think of her as being like, I don't know, the face of like maybe like Lancome or, you know, like yeah. that's what I see her more doing. She like. reminds me of that
1: just pretty girl who doesn't dress or do it any of it for herself. You know what I mean? Like, like someone does it for her, you right. know, because she is just really pretty, but not someone that I'd be like, I want to know the advice from you because you probably know it all. I, I don't know. I'm just not there with her, but I'm not... I'm not prejudging in a mean way. I'm just, you know, Oh,
0: I am. I think, this I think this is super unnecessary. I don't know why she's here. She doesn't need to be here. Like Scarlett, go sit down, go sit down. Um,
1: I have seen in the professional makeup artist world that like, they're very enraged with, um, Anastasia Beverly Hills right now. And they're mm-hmm. definitely like trying to like use cancel culture against her mm-hmm. because, um, it's very well known that, Anastasia and her daughter like Putin and Mm. they they're like bringing all that you know to light right now Mm. and I just find that very interesting that sometimes even politics like goes down into the beauty world
0: well so we see this a lot with when someone is the face of their brand right And so their brand is really dependent on them because like certain brands, like I think of like Lancome, they hire different celebrities, right? But you Mm -hmm. think of like Jeffree Star Cosmetics is about Jeffree Star, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you tie yourself that much to a brand, you really risk that, you know, people are going to determine if they like your brand based on if they like you.
1: There's also a lot of saltiness um, about Anastasia in the pro makeup artist community because there's another indie brand called Senna Cosmetics, and um, if you're looking into new things to try out, definitely check them out. But they had originally created like the brow book, the whole brow situation, mm-hmm. and somehow I don't know the full tea. I just know that Anastasia took that idea from them and ran and became what she is and Senna is still very much an indie brand small and not that they wanted to be the biggest but you know i think knowing that fact has always um made me think differently about the brand so anytime something negative comes out about it i'm like just clocking it you know like just mm-hmm. like ah oh, that's that too okay all mm-hmm. right
0: <laughs> yeah well i remember seeing Anastasia on Oprah um oh. i was probably like in high school or something talking about brows and i remember at that point we didn't really have brows and so I remember that's thinking... why it
1: was such a big deal to everybody that mm-hmm. she put her name on the map as like the brow queen because this cosmetic company had created the whole line and did everything. And I think she like knew them or was friends somehow. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. and Anastasia Beverly Hills was very much on the um, Instagram side of things they've mm-hmm, been very mm-hmm. prominent on Instagram since the early days of Instagram um, using a lot of Instagram influencers to promote their stuff and promoting a lot of makeup looks by Instagram people so when you do that you build this Instagram following from people mm-hmm. and yep. so and with that comes people are going to be watching who you follow on Instagram and whose posts you like and things like that so mm-hmm. um, I I think, I think on, we've been watching Anastasia Beverly Hills kind of decline since uh-huh. uh god since they came out with like that one year where they launched like three palettes the Alyssa Edwards the um Jackie Ina, the yeah yeah
1: since- and I really think a lot of that happened when Norvina took over yep. which is Anastasia's daughter yep. she kind of goes with the younger generation and cares more about the clout and stuff yep. and I think the brand has definitely gone in that direction where it used to be seen more as a luxury high-end because remember, they not only did brows, but they were kind of the start of um, introducing contour to everybody. Mm-hmm.
0: They had the contour book. And then, I mean, do you remember how like coveted the modern renaissance was?
1: I was just about to say, yeah. and do you remember modern modern renaissance yeah. that you can't get to actually stay in the pan, any yeah. of the colors? It is so chalky. And right. it like just all the fallout under your eye. But right. there were no colors like that on the market. Mm. We did not have like... Those were like sexy, sultry colors.
0: Yeah, it was like reds, like burnt oranges. It just like didn't exist yet. Golden ochre. mm -hmm, Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And it was just these really nice curated palettes. And at that time, we really only had like the nakeds and the chocolate bars. You know, like we really didn't have palettes like that that brought us something different. And so she, I mean, I would say that I would say Modern Renaissance was her high point. And I think she's just been kind of going downhill since then. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that.
0: Okay. Well, should we get into shampoos?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So we went over a lot last episode where we were talking about shampoo and scalp health. And basically the biggest thing to take away from that episode was that shampoo is only meant to clean our scalp. If you want to address the hair that has come out of your head, you want to do that with conditioner. So I thought this time we could talk about how shampoos work, break it down really easy, and uh, maybe talk about some ingredients that get fear-mongered and just give you the very neutral point of view about how that came to be and whether you should be scared of it or not.
0: I do want to say before we start, I have changed how I shampoo my hair now. So <gasps> I tried the the Luda method but yes. it, it was a little much for me trying to flip my hair around um so oh. what I instead started doing is focusing my shampoo into like the base and back mm-hmm. of my head and then at the very end doing like the crown um yeah. and, I, and I feel like I am getting like a nicer clean to my hair so I've been I've been paying a lot Ooh. of attention to it
1: well awesome I love to hear that yes and even though my um shampoo method, it is- called Lauren's ludicrous method because it is a little bit crazy but I wanted you to try something crazy to because it did not it didn't give you like a different perspective on like how to wash your hair and like what is Uh probably
0: right 100% and I Mm -hmm. can't stop thinking about what you said which is like the crown of our head which sees the light is actually like the driest part of our hair and where Mm -hmm. we should focus shampooing is like the nape of the neck the back of the hair where like the bulk of our hair sits on the scalp it just made so much more sense
1: I love it. That's awesome. Cool. Okay, so let's get into it. We have all heard that oil and water do not mix. So when our hair shaft is coated with oil, it essentially makes the hair waterproof. Water can wash away salt and skin flakes, but oil and sebum are not touched by water. And this is exactly why we need to use shampoo. So in basic science, shampoo contains a detergent that works as a surfactant. A surfactant binds to sebum, oils, and styling products, and when we rinse the hair, the shampoo flows down the hair shaft along with all debris and oil down into the shower. The detergent is often a alum. Oh, sorry, I'm going to get this a little... Ammonium laurel sulfate, which we know as ALS, or a sodium laureth sulfate, which is an SLS and S-L-E-S. You have probably heard these words a million times, especially in the clean beauty movement, where they're always saying, stay away from SLS. Um, SLS plays a huge role in creating bubbles. Um, surfactants have been under a lot of controversy in the past few years. The clean beauty industry has really latched onto SLS as a hot topic, which has caused a new type of shampoo to be created, which is sulfate-free shampoos. Mm. So... Sulfate-free shampoos usually use a coconut or palm oil-derived surfactant. Since they do not contain SLS, which makes bubbles, often these types of shampoos do not lather. Here is a brief non-biased history of how sulfate-free shampoos were born. There are a lot of harsh detergent-style shampoos out there. You will find them at the dollar store or generally any brand under $5. Think of like a Dawn dish soap re-bottled as a shampoo. These make your hair squeaky clean, which is not a positive term. We want the scalp to be clean and free of debris, but it feels tight or too clean. It's been stripped of oils. Generally, once you get into a professional and quality shampoo, they're always well-formulated. A lot of the fear-mongering I'm reading, the people are not naming the type of shampoo that they're comparing the sulfate-free shampoo with. So um, basically... There really isn't much scientific evidence. It's always feelings that uh, that's kind of how they're getting you in fear mongering. Um, but there's definitely using the Dawn style cheap dish detergent shampoo as the base reference for shampoos that are bad for your hair. So the ones that are more like Dawn dish shampoo, and I'm thinking like, remember like VO5. That's exactly that what I was thinking when you said Dawn yeah. tree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that is so true. These types of um, detergent style shampoos are really bad for your hair and they totally will strip your hair of oils and hair color. But once you buy professional grades of shampoo, usually they've done the proper work and formulation that you're in a good space. Um, another major thing is that Shampoo is not meant to sit on the scalp for a long period of time. The SLS surfactants are, in fact, irritants. That is 100% true. And it's true when patch, patch tested and left on the skin that there's a ton of evidence that proves that it can irritate the skin. So like I said, once again, shampoo is not meant to sit on the scalp. I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I don't think that we teach that the point of shampoo is just to cleanse the scalp. Most people go their whole life thinking that shampoo is there to just cleanse the strands of your hair. And the internet even says to leave it on for three minutes, but I say even less if you can. If you have really thick hair to get through and it's tough to get down to the scalp, I would take a clip into the shower and work in quadrants washing the hair. Mm -hmm. The only exception to this rule is a medicated dandruff shampoo, which instructs you to sit it on the scalp in order for it to work for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. But other than that, if you can get in in less than two minutes or so get it off. It's not meant to sit on the skin. And I feel like there's even people that um, I just bad advice I've read on the internet where people will be like, Oh, if your hair is really dirty, just let the shampoo sit for a little bit. Like that is the worst thing that you can do to your hair. And people that are claiming that SLS have like ruined their head or something. It's probably because you're leaving it on for too long, or you're using a really cheap, bad shampoo. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I would even refer you back to the episode on how to wash your hair less, where you talked about double cleansing your hair. Instead of leaving it on for so long, leave it on for, you know, just work it into the hair, rinse it, and then do that again. Yeah.
1: And even like, it goes back to like the ludicrous method, but thinking about mapping out your hair in different sections. I've had times that I have washed my hair and maybe there's just like one spot by the nape of my neck that just still feels like it's not clean. I don't go through and wash my entire head again. I just mm. focus it right there. You're totally allowed to, I mean, use it to your benefit and just clean mm-hmm. where you need to. Okay. So after it was found that SLS is an irritant, sulfate free shampoos were born. Originally they were created by small companies to differentiate themselves from the big competition. SLS is extremely inexpensive, so new sulfate-free alternatives can be slightly more expensive. I think it's awesome to have the option. I also think about five years ago, we were learning a lot about the product, and a lot of shampoos were not ideal, but now I feel like we have a ton of great options that are so easy to access. So some of us do have sensitive scalps, and it's great that that's available, but there is zero distinct scientific link between sulfates and cancer.
0: So when something says sulfate free, it's referring to the SLS or the ammonium sulfate products, which are the harsh cleansing, essentially detergent agents in them. So they have, um, would you say, would you feel more comfortable saying it's like a gentler cleansing agent with that coconut and palm base?
1: Yeah, and you know, it all depends. I think this is where the topic gets really sticky, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying to break it down and make mm-hmm. it really easy to understand. Something that nobody wants to hear is a lot of times in cosmetics world, um, they might say that it's free of a certain ingredient, but they've also put two other ingredients in it that make that ingredient. Um, it. So okay. it's really hard to say with shampoo. That's why like, I just say go professional. You know, if you're at right. your salon and they're telling you to go for this, just, just do that. Like you don't have to make it hard on yourself right. at all.
0: Like when I talk about, it's worth investing in certain parts of skincare, but other ones you can skip. Shampoo would you would say would be something that's worth investing into, and I I agree with that.
1: Yeah, and not that you have to go the most expensive route, but find like a middle of the road and mm-hmm. find what works for you. So overall, the basics of a shampoo are it's that it's seventy to eighty percent water. Mm-hmm. It has a detergent in it. It has a preservative. In it a preservative in it and whatever custom blend that company adds. So that was really interesting as I was like getting more into my research. I will do blog posts for everybody on this with like really good links so you can like think for yourself, figure it out. But that was um, really interesting to me is everything comes down to how that company wants to blend and how they want to market it to consumers. So I spent a lot of time on, um, Shoot, what's the podcast that we like? Where it's the um, two scientists and it's the Beauty always, Brains. Yes, the Beauty Brains. Mm-hmm. So um, they are cosmetic chemists. So he was explaining that you know it depends what the company is looking for. If they want to market a shampoo that has a ton of bubbling suds in it, mm-hmm. that sounds so stupid now that we're talking about shampoos, does it not? Yeah, but yeah. That's really how we used to shop for things. We were like, how does it smell? Does it bubble? Does it do this? Just figure out what your hair type needs and look for shampoos like that. So stop worrying about the free of it, mm-hmm. what it says it has in the bottle, because you know what? The companies are lying to you half the time. <laughs> and as much as I preach against fear mongering, it always cracks me up because the when something is really wrong with a product, most of the time it is brought in to people's attention and it's taken away. Um, a great example that is happening in real time is um, the lab muffin is talking about, Olaplex. There was an irritant in Olaplex that people were finding out because now people have used the product for five or six years, which means it's probably been on thousands and thousands of more heads, which means that they have more extensive research saying if more people are irritated. They found what was in the product. They took it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, guys, it does not – we – we as society like love to feed into a conspiracy. We have a problem with understanding that duality exists and that you can actually find the real answers. It's not always the answer that you want. It might make you upset. Now that companies lie on their shampoo bottle about what they're selling you, but that's the real deal. And like, now you know how to actually shop for it. Um, something that we will talk about next episode is I'll go over the different types of shampoos on the market. And I promise I will finally give some good suggestions of shampoos that I like. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I thought it was really interesting talking about um, the shampoo being 70 to 80% water because now Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot more shampoo bars, which the biggest thing is that takes all the water out of shampoo. Mm -hmm. Just something interesting to think about. Um,
0: Do you you have an opinion on shampoo bars?
1: I don't yet. Um, Yeah, yeah, I still think they need to be formulated the proper way. I think that it's it's an interesting concept and I want them to keep working on it because I like what they're saying about taking plastic away. But I think that also with the greenwashing we see a lot of times, um, we put our energy and our mind into the things that actually don't work and don't help. I read a great article the other day that was saying, once again, what we preach on beauty guides, the way to be clean and green in your um, cosmetic journey is to buy less. Stop yeah. buying. Yeah. Stop making the demand for the company. Stop buying the cheap shit. Stop buying things that don't work. Like stop consuming so much. Mm-hmm. That is really how you can make an impact on this world.
0: Yeah. It's be a smart consumer. I know in mm-hmm. skincare, which, you know, now I know scalp care is very similar to skincare. We don't mm-hmm. recommend bar soaps because the soap being um, a, or the facial cleanser being in a bar um, it has to have certain properties to it to keep it in that dried out form, um, yes. Which then leads to it imbalancing the skin. That's- okay, that
1: is what we're I'm kind of seeing in my research for shampoo yeah. bars. Like same exact thing. So I don't want to be negative against it because I right. like to keep an open mind just to learn. But I. I worry that um, if you're really into this idea because you like love the earth, that's great. But I worry that you're actually gonna really mess up your hair. And everyone that's had an experience in life where you've jacked up your hair, maybe you've bleached it, maybe I don't know, you've over or something. But it it takes a long time to get things back in balance. I would say the same with skin, you know. So once with, you mess
0: it up with skincare, if you are like stripping your skin that squeaky clean feeling. What Mm -hmm. your skin will do in response is tend to overproduce oil. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something you think we would see with the scalp as well? Like if someone's struggling with an oily scalp and they're using like squeaky clean um, types of shampoo, would you expect them to create an oilier scalp?
1: Yes. So that exactly happens. And I feel that unfortunately that tail leaks into everything else we know Mm -hmm. about um, scalp care because – Something that I'm reading a lot about in um, the hair world scientifically is that they are starting to find out that you are pre um, I don't know if the word is disposition to produce a certain amount of oil out of your glands. It, mm-hmm. you can't train it you can't train it to be less. you yeah, can't train it to be uh, more.
0: That's genetic.
1: Yeah, it's all genetics. So mm-hmm. these people that are trying to train their hair to um, shampoo less, that are going overboard with the dry shampoo, it, it goes back to it's all about
0: balance. And um, yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, but once, like you were saying, you can strip the oils by, you know, going the route that you're saying. Okay. But at the same time, I don't think you, you can't like really train your hair to like have less oil in it because it's your genetics.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, just like the skin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I wanted to get into some ingredients that were, are fear mongered and it's definitely happening in real time. I I had a hard time, um, you know, during pandemic where we're all home and everybody's on the internet realizing that I, people don't want my opinion and and they want me to shut the fuck up about what they want to be
0: fearful about.
1: So, So that's why I have a podcast. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> That's why we created a podcast, which is optional exactly. for you to listen to.
1: <laughs> so the biggest um, one that I was struggling with last year was DMDM. So there was a Facebook post circulating regarding a class action lawsuit against the brand Unilever, who makes the Tresemme Keratin Shampoo. The post claimed that all of the products contain the ingredient DMDM, which leads to hair loss. There is a lot to unpack here. I also have to mention, a lot of people that were sharing this were in were hairdressers. It, it's because people really do not take the time to educate themselves, and it's okay to not like DMDM, but you're gonna understand why there's bigger things to be scared of. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here. Be on the lookout for a blog post. Um, I can go into the details, and I have three stellar scientific articles further explaining the DMDM issue. But here's the short version that I want you to take away from the episode. The clean and natural movement have declared a silent war on preservatives, (laughs) especially one specific preservative, and that is parabens. Mm. Many cosmetics are urged to go paraben-free or to find an alternative. Mm. And guess why that is? It has nothing to do whether it's good or not. It has to do with marketing and how you sell your products. You know, if if everyone else is doing the paraben free thing and you're like, here's my awesome product, it has paraben, everyone hates you all of a sudden. So Mm -hmm. think about it. That's why the cosmetic companies go that route. So the alternative used to be formaldehyde, Mm. but due to toxicity, allergic reactions, and some other concerns, the industry is steering clear of this ingredient.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I would think so. Okay.
1: It's something really interesting because it's not as big of a deal as we all think of it.
0: Well, I think we think of like the high school biology smell of formaldehyde.
1: Exactly. yeah. Yeah. So formaldehyde donors were then developed and DMDM is one of these formaldehyde donors. So this is derived from formaldehyde. And when it reacts with water, it disassociates and very little formaldehyde is released into the air. So this takes us back to the Paracelsus Principle you will never be exposed to the formaldehyde for long periods of time. And the amount of formaldehyde released into the air is 0.2 milligrams per cubic centimeter. And formaldehyde is actually a product of human metabolism and breath can contain concentrations of formaldehyde at 0.4 milligrams per cubic meter. So Uh,
0: hold on real quick. I just want to You said um, in the formaldehyde released in the air, you said 0.2 milligrams per cubic centimeter, but it's actually cubic meter. So I'm just correct. Oh, I did? Okay, sorry. No, it's okay.
1: Change it to meter. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And also, for reference, there is just as much formaldehyde in a pair, organic or not, than would be found in any finished personal care product with DMDM. And that is coming from the EcoWell, which is a Mm well-known scientific cosmetic product. situation. So people don't realize that a lot of the ingredients we fear, we really can't avoid. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, We're we're always so scared of this stuff, but it's really out there and it's sometimes in our bodies and in the world. And it's really not something to be feared. So a lot of products marketed as something free just has two products by different names that usually create the ingredient it claims it is free from we need to stop fear mongering the shampoo. We need to stop getting Brazilian and carrots and hair treatments in the salon. They are lethal. Mm-hmm. It releases trace amounts of formaldehyde everywhere as a gas into the air. Mm-hmm. So I just find it very interesting that DMDM is not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, preservatives like formaldehyde have the specific job of ensuring your products don't turn in color, start to smell bad, or, at worst, grow mold or bacteria that can actually be way more harmful for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I I remember working at the hair. Uh, I worked at a hair salon in college as a receptionist. I remember the smell of the keratin treatment, and it was like this has to be horrendous for us. It's yeah, it's so it, bad. we
1: it was starting to come up around that time that you're talking about. So it's not something that's been in the beauty industry for a very long time. But I will say when I learned to do these in hair school, I had a teacher that would have to wear a gas mask into school, it really messes with people, there would always be two or three students that would get sick from the Mm -hmm. smell and not be able to continue on with the assignment. It was an assignment that really like, they couldn't grade all the way because if you can't do it, you can't do it. I also took a class with someone who did keratin treatments and he was telling me that he charged like 15 or two 1500 or $2,000 for this treatment. And I was like, I can't believe you charge that much. Like, how do you get away with that? And he just looked at me and he was like, um, who's going to pay my bills when I have cancer in 10 years?
0: Oh shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, you can make a lot of money from it sometimes. And it, it's also so interesting. Um, even firsthand experience, a girl we went to high school with like cup, Tagged me in a comment and was like, Lauren, why didn't you ever tell me how amazing like Brazilian treatments are? And I was like, Cause I hate them and I think they're terrible for your hair and the environment. Like, but these are the same people that will be yeah. scared about a preservative or a paraben. Right. And that's just so wild to me because no one is talking about it in the beauty industry. But I am here to tell you, like, those things are so bad for your hair. You're mm-hmm. not only exposing yourself for a small period of time to something very toxic, but you're asking another human to like expose themselves to it for a long period of time. Mm
0: -hmm. I remember sitting on the beach in college and I was lecturing my friend about not putting on sunscreen while I was sitting there smoking a cigarette. (laughs) And like, that is exactly what this reminded me of. I don't smoke anymore (laughs) guys. I haven't smoked cigarettes for a very long time, but this is exactly what it, it reminds me of. It's like, Oh, I like, you buy your products that say sulfate free but you go get your Brazilian hair treatment yeah 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 it's funny and you know things like um like I always try to remind people like um cyanide is in apples and yeah. it's in nutmeg and I mean it just
1: said formaldehyde is in pears yeah you know it, it, it's yeah. it's all there, there there's and, it, and I think that Paracelsus principle is just you know kind of like sums it all up like it's about how long you're exposed and that everything has a point of toxicity, even us, even us.
0: (laughs) Right. Like when, um, I remember, I think we were in middle school when it came out, they were like, diet Coke causes cancer. And we were like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, diet Coke causes cancer. But then when you look at the, the research study of like the amount of diet Coke, they were exposing these rats to in a short period of time. It's like, well, of course they got cancer. Like it's, it's, um, and I teach this to my students a lot. It's a, it's about exposure and it's yes. about exposure over time, so that's mm-hmm. why like um, certain things that you do, like house projects, they tell you in a well ventilated area and things like that. Yes.
1: So it, yeah, especially because talking about the formaldehyde um, shampoo thing is it the way you're being exposed to this is completely different than um, like in a keratin treatment, you're actually heating it up so the gases are going in the air right. and then it's going up your nose, which actually w- could kill you after a long right. period of time. Um, they're also finding. And people that um, embalm people, they start, they, there is not a ton of evidence that mm-hmm. they're getting cancer from formaldehyde, which is important to know for this reason, for shampoo, like mm-hmm. once again, it's not going to hurt you, but they are finding that more people that are doing that service may have a link to cancer, well, you know, but it's not
0: how much they're exposed to and at the concentrations. That makes mm. sense. I mean, it's the same thing with like minors getting lung cancer, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's about the amount that you're exposed to in the concentrations.
1: Yeah. And how it's being, um, mm-hmm. exposed to you. Yeah. Cause like mm-hmm. when the formaldehyde is in water, it's not like coming up your nose and like mm. b- being in, um, yeah, whatever
0: yeah. we get it. Yeah, and, and, and it's also one of those things. Another part of fear mongering is like, well, everything you put on your body enters your body, and it's like that's actually not true because it's that's not. that's the purpose of your skin is to keep things out. I and mean, if that was true, we would all be dead. We it's so
1: yes, yeah. I I think after this we should definitely do um like a fear mongering episode just with like those little facts, and then also I would love to help people um, realize how to spot fear mongering. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I was finding is I told you I was researching for this episode, I'm seeing all the stuff telling me how bad everything is. But then I'm like, what are they comparing it to? And then once I like, would test what they were saying and and put that in for research, then I was finding the real stuff. So it was just blowing my mind. um, What is actually out there for people? It's always the wrong answer. But stick with us and we'll get you on the right track. All right, I want to I want to end on um, one more ingredient Mm -hmm. that is is talked about, and um we love it. So we stand silicone here, all right? So mm-hmm. people are always like, go silicone-free. We don't like silicones. But silicones, they act like a raincoat for your hair. So it helps with humidity and hot tools. Um, it also makes the hair shiny, and it helps with frizz. Um, silicone can build up, which brings us back to washing our scalp and our hair mm-hmm. properly. So just do it. Yeah, do the silicone. I, it's
0: good. I mean, I love... Silicones. I <laughs>
1: Me too. I, I I had a really hard time when they were mm-hmm. they were coming for silicones and foundations because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, go for it. All you bitches wear silicone free foundation because yeah. that is what brings the youth, the dewiness, the luminosity. It fills in mm-hmm. all those cracks, wrinkles, fine lines. You want it. it does the same for your hair. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like every time I've tried a silicone free shampoo, um, I just my hair feels like brittle. And uh, um, and it doesn't have that like smoothness to it. I uh, I guess what you're saying with helping it be shiny and help with fridge thats what. But you I know experience. what's
1: cool? Everything you just said is what silicone is used for. Hey. Like it's to make. The, I know it's to make the smoothness in the hair. So it seems like it really is working and doing mm-hmm. its job. And I I think you're fine. Yeah. I think you're fine using it. <laughs>
0: yeah that's like so when I used Aveda shampoo and you know they don't have parapens they don't have silicones they don't have anything and I'd be like my hair feels the worst it's ever felt in my life Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) can I just get a little silicone please
1: yeah seriously (laughs) yeah we're not against it here we like it awesome all right so that that um brings us to the end of this episode so Kelsey I know you've been we're, we're ending on gratitude mm, yeah so do you want to go first I
0: do yeah so um I am grateful so I got to see my friend Sam this past weekend so my friend Sam lives in St. Louis and Lauren knows Sam because Lauren um came when she came and met me up in Savannah I was actually in Savannah with Sam and she was nice enough to take our pictures so all our really awesome pictures you see are by Sam um let me show thank out. you Sam we love you we love and- you Sam I'm I'm gonna yeah, and Sam Instagram.
1: will be Sam will be helping out um, some beauty guides content soon. She's going to give you some good pointers.
0: So her some- Instagram is Samantha McCroy Photography. She is St. Louis based. However, she does do um, a lot of stuff in Atlanta. I believe she's doing something in Texas. She does travel. She does family photography. Um, and so she's a good friend of mine. Um, she used to live in Savannah and Atlanta, actually. Um, and it was just really nice to see her. We walked around a botanical garden, which a, we love botanical <gasps> gardens here. Nature, yes, we do. Nature. We love her. Um, <laughs> yeah, but th- I was going to talk about that. i will keep going. Sorry. <laughs> but this botanical garden happened to be featuring a dinosaur exhibit, which were these like animatronic dinosaurs. Um, so, and they were pretty cheesy, but it was really fun to like turn a corner and then there was like a tyrannosaurus in the jungle and so i i was enjoying your oh, story I, so, I much so much that day i watched it multiple times oh. and i
1: have to ask you okay you had the one T-Rex with the little hands. That yeah. was my favorite one. And you tagged Amanda in it. Yes. Is there is there an inside joke? Is there a oh, funniness she, to that? Or... She just loves
0: dinosaurs. Okay. So, I had a feeling, but I didn't yeah. know if it reminded you of like a dude or something. No, no, I was no, like, no. I was like, I wonder if there's more to this she story. Went to <laughs> see, I don't even know if you remember a couple of years ago, they had like Jura- I think it was Jurassic Park on Ice. Or it was something like that, where it was like a, it was like Jurassic Park, but it was like inflatable dinosaur thing, like it was for kids. But she went to it, like she loves dinosaurs and she loves Shark Week, so I knew, I knew that she would appreciate. Like these were kind of like the dinosaurs that you see at like the Jurassic Park exhibit at Universal Studios, like
1: that's where I thought you were. I was like, oh, I think they're Universal Studios today. I literally said it out loud. Now I know you were in a garden.
0: I was in a garden. Yeah, this botanical garden was pretty cool. It was a guy, a guy owned this garden in like the thirties and he put a bunch of exotic plants for people to come and see. And he had like oh, monkeys and a whole bunch of animals there. And it's like what's remaining. Um, and so these plants, these trees have been there um, over a hundred years, some of them. So it it was pretty cool um, to see. It was really overgrown and really lush and just good old classic Florida botanical garden. So, Love that. Yeah. I'm grateful for Sam and dinosaurs. Um, yeah, it was t- like a fun day. It, yeah, it was super nice. So tell me what mm-hmm. you are grateful for.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, I had a really busy week of yeah. like some first. So I had my first um, Lauren H. Beauty Vibes wedding of 2022. I'm just... I know. I, I had one last year, but I'm trying to do like five this year. I think I have like three scheduled, which is good. Um, But interesting enough, that was at a new garden that I had never been to. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I went back the next day, too, to photograph it. And I ended up making a nature account. Please follow nature. We love her. Mm-hmm. I, I love to shoot nature shots. Um, It's like my self-care. Uh, when I'm sad, I like to go through my phone and look at all these videos of places that I've traveled to so um, I thought because the world is shit and it's not going to get any better anytime soon that I would share that that experience with the world so go follow me there
0: (laughs) I have been really liking your nature we love her account because you you live in such a um, an interesting place in the south you called it the romantic south and I I think that's such a good description of it
1: Thank you. And, um, I thought this place that I went to this weekend was extra interesting because there is a stretch of gardens in South Carolina and, um, it's owned by some people were family. Um, some people just came in, but basically all these grown men were just dick swinging about their gardens. They're like my gardens better, but they were all terrible people, terrible people. Um, so clearly (laughs) slaves were involved. Um, yeah. So like this was my first garden that I went to that like as someone that is very, like, I'm an empath, I feel things, I could feel the eeriness. I could feel that a bad person was here and bad things happened. Mm -hmm. And that is a part of the South's history. And where there's a lot of cancel culture right now, I wish we could have more conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. It's interesting to be in these places and just know how real that was. Mm -hmm. Um, And even I put up pictures from this spot and other friends of mine that are like that are like, I'm getting bad vibes from that. You know, like Mm. that tree has seen some stuff. This is not a good place, but that was an interesting experience. But anyway, I also did a styled shoot this weekend or this week that was for Lauren H. Beauty Vibes as well. Um, But I was in the house in the notebook that Allie or Noah took Allie to. It's so cool.
0: It's so so cool. cool. Yeah, that is so cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. It was a it, it was a lot of cool stuff that came my way.
0: Yeah. That I mean the places that you've getting, you've gotten to work at that one house with the um, checkerboard floor Yep. Lounge. La- yeah. That and then this house from the notebook and then just some of the gardens and just the places that you're getting to to work at. Like it, it reminds me of when I worked at a resort on the beach and my commute would be like watching the sunrise up over the ocean along the beach. And I'd be like, oh, uh, I feel so lucky right now. Like, yeah. this is what I get to call work is like, right. This is, this is my office. Right. Enjoy that. Enjoy that corner office with no windows. Like this is where I am.
1: Yeah, it's definitely inspired me to, like, really hone in on certain styles to be, like, hired, you Mm -hmm. know, by those types of clients that want to have, like, romantic, Mm -hmm. like, extra weddings. And, like, I keep thinking, too, like, I want to get books more out on, like, Folly Beach and stuff. And, like, I want those, like, girls that, like, don't wear shoes on their wedding day on the beach and want, like, a sexy bridal style that's, like, they're a mermaid coming out of the water. (laughs) That's what I want. I don't want bridezilla brides. I want brides right. that are like, "Let's do it."
0: Yeah, that you want brides that want all of the flowers in their hair. Yes, yeah, yes. I do. I really yeah. do. Send yeah. them my way. That's beautiful. Well, let's <laughs> manifest that for you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> did you? Oh, did you do any manifesting on two, 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 two? Well, that was the day of my photo shoot. So Ooh. I was manifesting all through
1: the house that um, Taylor, the photographer, was going to get us into Vogue, all mm. of the countries. Good. So that was what I was manifesting, that this was going to be Good. our big shoot.
0: <laughs> I told one of my students who believes in angel numbers, I said, girl, I need you to manifest me some money and let's do this. the
1: same. Oh my God. I know they say like money does not solve all your problems, but I've been in like these self-healing situations where I'm like, actually, if I
0: did have a lot of money. It, <laughs> Things would be a little it, different it right now. It <laughs> wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't yeah. hurt. I'll say that. I know it won't solve, but it could solve a few of them. It could definitely uh-huh. solve a few problems. We Absolutely. I mean, and look, if money comes my way, you know I'm planning us a Savannah vacation so we can meet up again. See,
1: and I feel the same way. I'm the per kind of person when money comes my way, I just want to spend it on the ones I love. Like I just want <laughs> to, to make it rain money. on the people I yeah. love
0: yes awesome. alright well thanks so much for listening everybody we're gonna finish up our shampoo series um, in two weeks it'll be episode three um, I don't know about you guys but I've been learning so much it's changing Ooh. my life um good. thank you so much for listening. If you um are interested in anything that we talk about, we you can check out our website, beautyguidespodcast.com, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, DM us, email us, whatever you want, tag us and stuff, send me your lip balm and lip product recommendations. I'm re-entering this world and I've been out of it for a couple of years. So let me know if you have any good recommendations. Um and if you guys have any questions about shampoo or anything, uh, let us know. And thanks for listening. You want to say bye? No, okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>